Log Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
being uh, recognized, so to speak. So, uh, but the money is good, though. <laughs> the money ain't the money is good. I, I, I actually, it just it just really hit me in the face this week. I mean, it was about midweek. I was think I think I think it was about Thursday after I did the newsletter, and I and I just started saying to myself, "Wow, we are getting so close. We are actually going to give somebody two hundred thousand uh, dollars just coming up in about six weeks." And I'm a part of it now. It's pretty. It's 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 crazy. Okay, I mean, it's somebody's Christmas is going to be so so good. And I mean, you never know who's going to win this stuff. I don't know if it's going to be life changing money. If it's going to be money that just gets thrown into an account, maybe it maybe it goes into a um, maybe it goes into a, a a savings account one day for the kids' college fund. I mean, it could actually change lives, Mike. I mean, it's a lot of money, and it could get people out of a, a a bad situation where they're just you know tied around the neck and it's tough. But for playing fantasy football, are you kidding me? Two hundred thousand um, dollars. It's 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 coming up, man. So we've got we've got a long way to go. To, uh, Commando Pro is our, our guest tonight. They're number three overall. I put a link uh, in, the, in the Fantasy Football World Championship uh, over at FullTimeFantasy.com. You can go check it out. Uh, they're number three overall, and I checked out the team, Mike, and I put a link to it in the uh, the promo page here so you can check it out. But they've got a pretty good squad, and we're going to talk about that with them this week. I've got a, I've got yeah. a who do I start for the chat room, Mike. Ryan Tannehill, well, Jake Locker. Or Carson Palmer. I want answers to that throughout the the evening. Ryan Tannehill, Jake Locker, or Carson Palmer. That is in my Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship League. What would you do in that situation? Carson Palmer. Mm. He's been he's been gold for me. You know, I I my whole strategy going into Kentucky was to wait on the quarterback position, and then I was going to snag either a one of the rookies. I was going to take Andrew Luck or RG3. That was with the, whichever one was left for me at that point. You know, I wanted to be the last one to take a quarterback, and I was. I was the last one to take a quarterback. The problem was, Bulky from the High Stakes Fantasy Hour just was on the show on the air. He was in my league, and he took both of them back-to-back from the three-hole. He came back. It went around to him, and he took Andrew Luck. And I was, like, and then he came back and took – or he took RG3 and then came back and took Andrew Luck. And I was like, oh, you're killing me. And uh, so I had to end up settling for, like, a, a draft with Carson Palmer, Jake Locker, and Russell Wilson. Now, I've since ditched Russell Wilson and kept Carson Palmer, and he's actually been one heck of a fantasy quarterback to get that late, that disrespected. He has actually carried my quarterback position all year. Yeah, you know, Scott, how can you go against uh, Carson Palmer right now? Uh, no offense to uh, Tannehill or uh, – uh, Locker, I mean, they're both fine, but let's face it, Carson Palmer consistently, week in and week out, has been a better performing fantasy points quarterback than that I've seen in a long time. And, you know, I mean, they're going against Baltimore. It's at Baltimore, so chances are they're going to be coming from behind. But uh, even still, I mean, they're going to put up points. That is, uh, it's amazing. The chat room, just to give everybody the uh, attention here that listening at home, IPS Driver, Palmer, Wayne Ellis, Palmer, Billy Waz, Palmer, Cocktails and Dreams, Palmer, Two Packer, yeah. Palmer, easily. Who would have thought? And unbelievable. I got to tell you, I have, uh, every week I do my starts and sits at each position. And my quarterback to bench, uh, my quarterback to bench this week on ESPN Radio was Carson Palmer. Okay, I mean, I love him to death, but when I'm looking at the matchups, he gets the bench. He was absolutely incredible for me last week, and he, you know, he threw for like 400 yards, four touchdowns, and and then I look a little deeper, Mike. Over the last three games, he's put up 920 yards and seven TDs. He's on fire. Okay, I get that. If you own him, you're probably thinking of starting him, but don't do it. He travels to Baltimore, like you said. And everybody thinks, so what? You know, it's not the same Ravens. And you're right. It's not the Ravens not. Team that we've came to flat-out fear, you know, in years past. But, guys, look, they're still getting it done against opposing quarterbacks. Look what I looked up. They bend, but they don't break. They allow 240 yards a game, so that puts them in the bottom third of the league, okay? Not not dominant. But they lead the league, Mike, in touchdowns allowed. Only six passing touchdowns given up so far. That's against quarterbacks like Dalton. Vic, Brady, Romo, and Matt Schaub. Six. That's flat-out dominant, Mike. Bench Palmer this week 
And I would in favor of a guy like Fitzpatrick, who has an excellent matchup this week against the Patriots. Well, you only you only mentioned two quarterbacks that love to uh, throw it to the end zone. But we're in week ten, Mike. You got Dalton. You only mentioned two quarterbacks. You got Dalton, Brady, Romo, and nope. Schaub. You're telling me they don't know how to throw touchdowns? I'm telling you that uh, Schaub does. Dalton and Brady are, are Brady and Schaub. Yes. All right. Well, Brady has 22 what, touchdowns. What, what, what? Dalton has 14 touchdowns. Romo has 10. Vic has 10. I mean, you know, six touchdowns. It's a pretty big Vic, number, I, man. I don't even throw. Don't, don't give me that Vic equation. Vic, don't even throw Vic into the equation. That's a mess. All right. So throw that one out. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are live here on Red versus Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. Uh, we've got Christopher or William Christopher Hart, one half of uh, Commando Fro, coming up with us. Hopefully, Toby will also be here. I see. I see. Fro is in the chat room already. Number three overall in the Fantasy Football World Championship, two hundred thousand dollars on the line. Coming up in just a matter of weeks. We're going to have him on the air. We stream live on iTunes Radio. You can catch the podcast over there if you uh, need to download it on your iPod or your MP3 player. Uh, we're also on the Fantasy Sports Channel, fsc.fm. Stream live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Catch us on Twitter at Red Blue Radio. The Red Blue Radio inbox at uh, is redblueradio at gmail.com. So, Mike, again, the, uh, the question of the evening was Tannehill, Carson Palmer, or... Jake Locker and the chat room here, the professional circuit of fantasy sports, the crew, we officially call them the crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. They unanimously rang out Carson Palmer and I threw out the stats with uh, the heady stats of Baltimore only allowing six passing touchdowns all year. I kind of like Ryan Tannehill this week, Mike. I love the matchup. I mean, look, this is the week that Rodgers and RG3 owners have been studying and looking at the matchups to determine who to start on their Week 10 bye, right? I mean, if you have Roethlisberger or Freeman, you know, or even if you had Luck, you had to get them in this week. But if, if you need to dig deep, you couldn't ask for a better matchup than the one Ryan yeah. Tannehill has this week against the Titans, you know? He's been nursing yeah. this sore thigh for a few weeks, but he played really well against the Colts. Last week he threw for 290 yards, much better than that Jets game two weeks ago that I watched. And it looked like we saw Hartline reemerge in the offense, and as did Devon Bass. And while the Titans they were flat out destroyed by the Bears, they look bad. 27th in the league against the pass, 24 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks, fourth worst in the league. The problem is their rushing defense is equally as bad, so this should be a very efficient, comfortable day for Ryan Tannehill. I checked the weather. It could be a little windy. If it's really bad, I'd probably rank guys like Flacco and Fitzpatrick and even Rivers. I think they're all viable starters this week, but I really like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, you know, uh, Scott, I, I look at this game, and uh, I watched uh, Miami and Indy uh, play last week, and these quarterbacks, uh, when I talk about these, I'm talking about uh, Tannehill and uh, Andrew Luck, they really impressed me. Uh, obviously, uh RG3 is outstanding, but Danny uh, Hill, he really showed a lot of poise, and, uh, you know, both of these guys showed a lot of stuff that uh, that, that can really, uh, they're going to improve their uh, their situation. They're, they're going to improve their franchises tremendously, and they already have. I mean, who would have thought that Miami and Indianapolis would be in the situation that they're in right now? Oh, it's an exciting time here in Indianapolis. Uh, the, the old city is Chuck Strong, so it's uh, and it was a fun game. You know, he didn't have a great uh, passing game in attack, but he gets those rushing touchdowns, and they don't talk a lot enough about that. He has more rushing touchdowns than Vic and Art and, and, and Cam Newton combined. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine betting somebody on draft? One more time, we sit we sit don't, in don't. Vegas. What kind of odds could you have given me that uh, Andrew Luck would have more rushing TDs than Vic and Cam combined? I know. You know, it's amazing, but uh, let's just throw Vic out of it. Let's not – this is a no-Vic show. We're going to bring on our special guest for this evening, Commando Fro, sitting number three him. overall. Him, baby. $200,000 on the line. Uh 
Chris and Toby. Hopefully you can hear us, and welcome to Red vs. Blue. Chris, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I got you, my man. And Toby, are you there too? I'm here, and excited to be so. Good deal. Very good to have you guys on. I put a couple pictures up on the show page, and, and Chris, I think I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, well, both of you guys. Uh, 2004, the World Championship of Fantasy Football in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. I sat right next to you, and we drafted. You were in the Jerry Rice jersey. I was sporting Keyshawn Martin at the time, and uh, you kicked my butt. And that's when I realized that the world of high-stakes fantasy football was no joke. I went, I always dominated my home league, came to Vegas, and got my tail handed to me. So that was thanks to you. That was my learning lesson. I came back the next year and got my league, but I always attribute that to you, buddy. Well, thank you. That, I believe that was 2002, to be exact. First year ever WSFF. So what it shows is people care about fans of football, and they jumped in there the first year, and you're right there with us. So uh, congrats. That was that was a lot of fun, man. I, I tell you what, I, I I was telling Mike earlier in the day. I said, you know what, I was uh, we we put together the newsletter for the Fantasy Football World Championship. I just joined that organization uh, a while back, Ian and Amal, I really respect these guys, and, and uh, we've been negotiating for probably the last couple of months, but we finally got all the uh, I's dotted and T's crossed, and we're really happy about the relationship we have together for to, to, to help build this thing, this Fantasy Football World Championship, to help build the Roto Bowl and expand it and make this thing a good opportunity for everybody involved. Thanks to the players that played this year, took a shot on a new upstart organization, uh, really with uh, just name credentials only. Uh, you guys were one of those, and now you're sitting at number three overall. Toby, who took Matt Ryan? Whose decision was that? Was that was that a group decision, or how does it go when you guys are on the clock and you've got a you've got a player A or player B? Uh, Matt Ryan, we actually targeted as our quarterback this year. I mean, he was he was our we thought we could get him reasonably, uh, you know, for a reasonable, you know, round pick. And uh, we, the way we do it is uh, Chris is, does more of the scouting. I do more of the strategy. And then we combine. I mean, we're constantly from the end of the season all the way until the kickoff of the next season, we're basically refining our, our rankings. And so it, it, by the time the actual draft happens, uh, having done this now for over you know a decade together, we're, we're pretty much we know – who we're taking, it's just when do we want to take them and, you know, are we willing to let it slide another, another round knowing that we could get sniped. So Matt Ryan was a, a joint effort. Uh, very seldomly do we have uh, a real disagreement uh, on who. It's just when. And you guys took them at the number nine pick, and as a very uh, – we saw that in Vegas time and time again, Chris, when we uh, – everybody was kind of targeting Julio – and at the end of the day, it looks like A.J. Green is the better wide receiver or, or at least, you know, more consistent player so far this year. What do you think, if you had that to do over again, obviously, is that A.J. Green at that nine spot instead of Julio? No. Um, the reason why I say that is because um, it's all about a point race at the end. And I'm looking for a guy who can put up, you know, 30 points in a week. And I think A.J. is solid. I haven't seen those huge games out of him, and if you talk about fantasy points for touches, it's got to be Julio Jones. And, you know, I feel like there's just always – it's just getting over the hump of Julio. It's just going to be a matter of time before he just goes buck wild. And I I feel like with the system that Julio Jones is in and um, just the quarterback that he has compared to A.J. Green, I think that you're looking at – uh, a potential to explode a lot more, and that's really what you need to win one of these contests. And I'm tired of winning leagues, and I'm tired of um, coming close, and I want to win one, so I need explosive players, and I, to this day, think Julio Jones is, is more explosive. And, <clears throat> guys, talk about explosive. Uh, you guys drafted Doug Martin at 2-4. Now, again, this was a guy that – when I got to Vegas and I started talking and I, and I stopped to see uh, Mark Deming and we had a conversation, we really had a long conversation about Doug Martin, and, and it, we decided that this was a guy I was going to target in the second round. I was at the six hole, and so I was hoping that he'd get back to 2-7, and he didn't make it back for me there. And matter of fact, I started to see him going in the late first, early second, pretty much throughout drafts. And I did see him fall in several, but it just it didn't happen for me. 
So I I, I throw this back to you, Chris. Uh, Doug Martin, another explosive player. How do you think he follows up this fifty-five uh, week performance, this fifty-five point performance against San Diego at home? Well, I, two things. One is you can never expect to get fifty-five points out of a fantasy football player. Uh, what I'm looking for in a running back is just a guy who's talented and has limited competition for touches, is multifaceted, who can catch the ball, gets the majority of the rushing opportunities, and that's Doug Martin. So with Doug Martin, I don't expect to get 55 points out of him. Um, I think he was going to get better. He started off a little slow, but he was always right there. But if you look at running back scoring across the league, a good game is 20 points, and a, a decent game is 15, and Doug Martin's been getting that consistently, and you just hope they can get it in the end zone a couple times. But he's he's getting all the touches. So I feel like if he can hold serve around 20 points, I'll be happy. And I, I don't really – besides guys like Arian Foster right now, LaShawn McCoy, I, I don't think that many other guys that are going to be able to do that on a week-out-week basis. So, you know, with him, every time he gets one of those huge, big, long runs, which I think – is possible in any game. You just hope that they can hold serve, and uh, I don't think there's very many other running backs out there that can do that right now besides him. Yeah, Scott, you I gotta give I gotta give Chris props on Doug Martin because he he uh, he started talking to me about him uh, right at the end of last season. I mean, the college football season had only been been maybe a week out, and he started talking about Doug Martin as his favorite running back. You know, outside of Trent Richardson, you know, because he he had such a pedigree. But so we actually built our strategy this year with getting Martin in round two. We knew where we were drafting that we'd probably be able to get him, and so we just kind of stuck with what we saw, you know, early on in the off season what our plan was. And and even though there were guys who fell that, you know, some people told us we were fools to to pass on. We you know I got to give Chris the props on that one, and he he uh, he. he uh, he he was on him way early. So but obviously I'm expecting 55 points out of him every week. Uh, and I'll be disappointed if he doesn't. Well, you know, Toby, Chris, uh, let's face it, it's hard to find that diamond in the rough uh, as far as running backs and, uh, you know, what, when they're going to get uh, so many points uh, week in and week out because in such a passing game in the NFL, uh, it's hard to find those guys. And uh, so, you know, to – to really find a guy like a Doug Martin, uh, it's it's kind of special because uh, I think uh, I think things are going to continue to be the way they are. It's just if you find that running back that can do everything in the world, then that's great. But chances are, in a twelve team, uh, you know, twenty draft or twenty uh, twenty round format, there's not going to be many of them. No, and and how the draft actually yeah, occurs can can change a lot. And this this draft this year, uh, running backs were flying off the board. Uh, after we took Martin, a bunch of running backs went to it. We didn't take another running back until round six, and we had that as a backup plan. But we had been hoping to take a, a running back in round four or five. But the receiver value was so good there that we ended up pushing it. So you know we do have strategy on these things, but you do you do have to be able to call an audible during the draft. Uh, if it's you know if the value's going off the board, right? And most most of the draft strategies that we had this year was take Julio Jones in the first, and then take Doug Martin in the second. And if if you look at most of our fantasy teams this year, where we're at the end of the round, it works out exactly like that. And that was a calculated risk. And a lot of times the rookie running backs can bust. But uh, just based on talent evaluation and watching film and seeing who the incumbents were there in Tampa Bay, we didn't think that it would be a problem, and it's paid off for us in a lot of leagues. So we had a, one of the FFPC Dynasty Leagues where we made him, the Julio Jones and him as our first two picks coming out. We traded back from the 2.3 or 2.2 pick, picked up some other picks and grabbed Doug Martin as well. So – he was a big part of our strategy going in this year uh, across the board in all our leagues. Um, so, Mike, I agree with you. They're a diamond in the rough, and sometimes you got to take them chances. The guy, if they pass the eyeball test, and, and he did for us, and we're lucky that he didn't turn into, you know, some some of the other rookie running backs that have, have had some poor success in the league. I was really big on, on, on Tara Smith, the Wizenator, a couple years back, so it doesn't always work. No, it's nice. It's nice when it pans out. 
It is. It is. Uh, Chris Hart and Tobin uh, Bielcini. Did I say that right? Yeah, close enough. All right. Close enough. <laughs> let, let me hear it. Let me hear it once from your mouth. Bielcini. Bielkini, all right. Yeah, Chris Hart, Tobin, Tobin Bielkini, uh Commando Fro, number three overall in the Fantasy Football World Championship, are our guests. And uh, the chat room is buzzing, the crew here at Red vs. Blue. We are week 10 in the National Football League. Scott Atkins, Michael Trent on Red vs. Blue. And we're looking at this team that you guys have and kind of breaking it down and looking at it as a week 10 perspective. But you guys are Dynasty players. I'm going to ask for the Dynasty fans out there. Right now, straight up trade offer, Doug Martin, Trent Richardson, who do you like? Doug Martin, for me, right now. And I love Trent Richardson, but I worry about his long-term health because of the style of running back he is. So it's dynasty format. I'm going to stick with Martin. Um, I would probably go with Martin only because he scored 55 points from me last week. That's pretty cool. It, it kind of has a lasting effect, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. And, you know, take nothing away from Trent Richardson. He's so good, and when you watch him play, he gets yards that aren't there at all, ever. I think more so than Doug Martin, but like Toby said, I think the style of play, the offense, uh, the team he plays for, uh, just Cleveland has so many question marks. Are they going to bring in a rookie quarterback next year? Uh, They're getting rid of their general manager. There's just so many question marks there, Um, whereas you start to feel like this Tampa Bay team starting to build a personality that can win. Um, they have a, a, a quarterback, a young quarterback, who's shown a really good rookie year, step back a little second year, but it's really started to, to do well as the third year. I think that the offense is starting to gel. They got Vincent Jackson that takes some pressure off um, with linebackers and, and coverages rolling up, you know, stopping the box. So, yeah, I, I, I think I would go with Doug Martin right now. Uh, it's a it's a toss-up. I think if you put Trent Richardson on, on that team, it would be a different story, but Right now, it's Doug Martin based on the situations. Yeah, Mike, I'll ask you too. Mike Trent, Doug Martin, yeah, Trent Richardson. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, Doug Martin, you know, I was just thinking uh, as uh, Chris and Toby were talking, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Doug Martin be a, a top five, six overall in next year's uh, fantasy pick, uh, fantasy draft. I mean, this guy has everything, and Tampa Bay is getting better and better all the time. They've lost, what, they lost five games by very few points in each, in each of the games that, that they have lost. So uh, this, this is a young, uh, upcoming team that's going to be very exciting to watch, and uh, Doug Martin is going to be a very, very big part of it. And uh, it's like uh, Chris and Toby said, you know, Cleveland – I hate to say it, but there's, 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 so many, uh, there's so many question marks there. We are live on Red vs. Blue, the chat room here. Uh, they've always got something going on there. They're actually talking about Owen Daniels, uh, talking of it, saying it does not look good for Owen Daniels, so uh, make sure to check the reports on that. Uh, we're talking to Chris Hart and Tobin, Tobin okay. Bielkini. Uh, Commando Fro, number three overall in the Fantasy Football World Championship. And we're just breaking down some games. Did I already ask you guys the start-sit question of the night? The start-sit question for us is Ryan Tannehill, Jake Locker, or Carson Palmer? Which quarterback would you start? Uh, I would probably take um, Carson Palmer. They don't have any running game right now. They're probably going to get down pretty quick. Uh, we've already seen Carson Palmer be in comeback mode, throwing pass after pass. I think he threw 54 passes last week or the week before and threw for over 400 yards. Um, they got some nice um, weapons throwing the ball. Uh, without a running back, uh, lost their first two guys. Uh, Marcel Reese has proven he can catch the ball on the outside. Um, I, I would just have to go with Palmer on that one. He's been in the league long enough. He can read coverages. He knows how to sling the ball. Probably go with him. The other guys might have some nice upside as far as running the ball here and there. But um, maybe you can get a rushing touchdown, but you can't rely on that. So I go with the uh, I go with the former number one pick out of USC. There you go. Well, I'm moving right along because the chat room is saying you've already asked that question. Let's move it along. So Okay. Let's move on then. We do have uh, we do have other positions to field here, Mikey. Uh, the running back start. 
Uh, I, I think if you have Trent Richardson or Alfred Morris, you need a starter you can trust in Week 10. We're going let, let's move to the Monday night game. The Steelers are back home against a sinking ship in the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have already entered the Geno Smith lottery. Man, is that guy good or what? He's the opposite of Matt Castle. On the defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs have allowed only five rushing TDs so far, but they're getting gashed on the ground, 126 yards a game. So in comes Isaac Redman. He gets his big chance this week. He had it last week, and I think he takes advantage of it because 26 carries, 147 yards, and a TD against the G-Men last Sunday. Now, it does look like Dwyer's back. I'm not so worried about him. If Mendenhall's back, then I don't think you can use him. But, guys, I'm going to ask you, if you're sitting in a position where you have Isaac Redman or let's say somebody that's uh, comparable this week. Uh, da, 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 what's a what's a what's a good? Uh, yeah, or you know, even though Jamal Charles this week, you know, yeah. against against a very tough Pittsburgh team who in Kansas City they haven't been using him. So, what do you think of either of those players? I'll start with you, Chris. Uh, Isaac Redman or Jamal Charles? What do you think? Uh, well, again, you know, this is about explosiveness and for me that would be Jamal Charles, no doubt about it. Um the injury that's the same last week. It looked like he bounced back and he wanted to get back in that game, but it was so out of hand that they didn't. But anytime you have a guy that can rip off a eighty five yard run at any moment, you take that guy. I agree Redmond looked good last week. Um but he might be in a timeshare with Dwyer this week. They talked about doing a hot hand situation. Um I would go with Jamal Charles just because, again, in high-stakes fantasy football, you need points, you got to win. And I think if 75 yards rushing and that's all you get, that's enough for 7.5 points. Jamal Charles is involved in the passing game. i got to go with Jamal Charles. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, I usually don't try to get too cute on the matchups. Just from my own – I seem to outthink myself uh, and often – uh, we'll bench the wrong guy. So I, I try to, uh, through, through the last, uh, I don't know, decade, I've kind of learned that when we stick with the guys that, that we think have the better talent, they're going to get their points at some point in the season. So when you try to do the matchups, you bench Charles, he goes off for 35. And, you know, even if even if Redmond has a good game, I, I if I needed 10 points, if I thought that it was a, a – I was playing a weak opponent that I was more worried about goose eggs, I might go with Redmond. So, I mean, I do change it if I'm playing somebody where I just need the win, not the points, but the win. Redmond is a safe bet this week, you know, to get double digits in my book. But, hey, I, I stick with Chris and start Charles. Another question in the chat room uh, from Mac Bizzo for the guys here. Eli or Dalton? You know, this is an interesting matchup. Mike, I'll start it with you. Uh, the Giants at Cincinnati, Eli's who looked absolutely terrible. Dalton has been decent, and he's had some good games. He's had some games where he hasn't really showed up, but he definitely has the weapons. It's a big game for Cincinnati at home. Who do you like there, Eli or Dalton for Mac Bizzo in the chat room? You know what? I, I, I'm still going to stay on Eli. I, I believe Eli is going to continue to uh, – well, not continue, but hopefully we'll come up with a uh, huge week uh, – uh, this week, and you know he, he's got to, he's got to. Uh, but the Giants continue to win games in uh, different different types of ways, and that's that's what they do, especially this time of year. Uh, Andy Dalton, he's going to have a good game. I mean, there's no question about it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a toss up, but I'll still, I, I still got to go with Eli right now. Uh, let's go ahead and get that one, Toby and Chris, since uh, it's a, ch a question in the chat room. Toby, we'll start with you. Eli or Dalton, you did say you don't overthink it, but what do you think about Eli the last couple of weeks? I know he hasn't done done great the last couple of weeks, and last week, uh, thank God, because we were playing him in one of our high-stakes leagues, but uh, I'd, I'd play Eli. I, I, wouldn't, I think Dalton's playing great, and uh, he's getting the ball to A.J. and to uh, Grisham, but I'd still start Eli. Chris? I got to go with Eli too. Uh, I think um, one of the things I read recently is that uh, Dalton has thrown an interception in like 26 consecutive games. Uh, he's a he's a good young quarterback. I think he has some weapons, but when you talk about the New York Giants, they got a lot of weapons. You saw what happened when 
Hakeem Nicks went out, another guy steps up. You saw what happens when that guy goes down, another guy steps up. They just have uh, a, a really solid uh, group of arrows in their quiver. So I would think that I would go with Eli, too. Any second, he'll turn it, turn it around. Um, he's not just going to fall off the map. So Very I would go with Eli, too. Very interesting you say that. uh, I ask you and uh, Toby and Scott as well. Uh, You know, I'm an owner of uh, Eli Manning in uh, in a mid-stakes league, and, you know, it's been kind of puzzling the last couple of weeks. There hasn't been much done, uh, even though the team, the Giants, they, you know, I mean, they win, they lose. But uh, how do you explain uh, the last two weeks? Only getting five, seven points as a uh, fantasy quarterback. My um, answer to that be if you calculate the amount of yards that he threw for, um, the numbers, the amount of yards didn't equal uh, more than five to seven fantasy points. <laughs> we have we have another question in the chat room, guys. And again, uh, Billy Waz also says this is the week people bench Eli and he goes for 25 to 30, kind of what you alluded to there, Chris. So uh, we've got uh, one flex position, either Heath Miller, Denarius Moore, Mikel LaShore, or Isaac Redman. Wow, that is one heck of a flex position for uh, Mac Bizzo. Heath Miller, Denarius Moore. Mikel LaShore and Isaac Redman. So we know that Isaac, let's, let's, let's make that list here. We know Isaac Redman plays on Monday night against KC. We have LaShore at Minnesota. Uh, they, that should be a, a kind of a, a, not really a high scoring game. However, Percy Harvin is out. I really like that game for uh, Rudolph. He should finally get back into the swing of things. We've already talked about Oakland and Denarius Moore. And then Heath Miller again on Monday night. Uh, wow. That's a tough one. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you say there, Toby? Did we lose Toby? I'll ask for Toby. I would go with Demarius Moore right now, um, just because it's a point. I'm assuming this is a point for reception league. Uh, Lashore has been kind of tied to touchdowns and rushing yards. Doesn't get catch the ball really more. It's been Joyce Bell has done that. Um, you got a timeshare in Pittsburgh. You don't know what's going to happen. They're going to play the high hand. If that high hand ends up being Dwyer, then you could be looking at a really low point scoring game. And without the running backs to back up uh, the Oakland offense, Daenerys Moore, um, he had a bad week last week, and he scored like 11 points. So um, you got to go with Daenerys Moore there in a point per reception league, especially considering that Oakland has been getting down early, and you're going to be looking at maybe 50 pass attempts by Carson Palmer. That would be my who I'd go with. Hard to bench a guy like a Mikel LaShore after he gets a three-touchdown day, kind of like a Doug Martin had a big week, and, you know, it makes it very difficult to do when, you, when you've seen a running back do what he did. He, he's getting the carries. He's getting receptions out of the backfield. Uh, the yeah, Vikings, but not uh, up. You're not going to see uh, Calvin Johnson get tackled at the two-yard line twice in a game usually, true. you know. So uh, if you're going to look for one-yard dives, if you're going to base your fantasy teams off one-yard dives, go for it. I just – not a, a theory that I'm going to support. Yeah, and I, I'd have to concur and, and say I'd also be wanting to start more. Uh, and the only way it would change, I might actually start Redmond uh, if I if news came out that Dwyer might not be playing as much, or if uh, if I just needed. My strategy changes if I'm if I'm in a situation where I need total points, or if I need to just win. Because just win, I'll take you know 11 points out of a flex happily if I'm just looking for a win. But if you're in a in a high stakes league where total points come into play, and they always do in these leagues, I start more and just hope that that over the season that those type of aggressive plays you know come back to pay off with the higher total points. We are talking to Chris Hart and Tobin Bielkini, Commando Fro, number three overall in the Fantasy Football World Championship. We have an email from Hungry Hippie. In a non-PPR league, okay, I know we don't usually play non-PPR in high stakes, but let's go ahead and answer the question anyway. Need one this week, Torrey Smith, Jeremy Macklin, Emmanuel Sanders, or Aaron Hernandez? That's a tough one. Macklin, Smith, Hernandez, or Sanders? Toby, any of those guys stick out to you? No. 
Oof. I'm going to pass on this one. I don't. Chris, I'll let you answer that one. <laughs> we've got. We've well, got a I, would, I, I would. So, there's some injury problems with Aaron Hernandez. Uh, I, Macklin and Torrey Smith are two, probably the two front runners. Who is the, the fourth guy? And then Emmanuel Sanders at case against that KC Monday night. So I would probably avoid him too because I feel like the Steelers could yeah. run run them out of the building and just using the rush to kill clock. So I'd go with those, the first two, and with those two, right now with the way that the offensive line is playing with the Eagles, there's just no time for a player's route to develop like Macklin. It's it's quick little throws. It's it's stuff that is not good enough right now to to be able to trust Macklin. Um, so. I would go with uh, Torrey Smith just because um, it looks like the defense in Baltimore seems to be giving up enough points that they're leaving people in the game. And if you leave people in the game, that means you're going to be trying to score. And and we've seen Torrey Smith this year. He's capable of putting up two touchdowns. Uh, He's been running a lot more inside routes, little hooks and digs and things like that to get receptions up. So I would probably roll with, uh, with Torrey Smith. Yeah. Uh, now I'll listen to you all's answer. I'd go with Tory Smith too. <laughs> Mike, uh, we also have another question from Billy Waz in the chat room. Uh, usually these are, this is, these are the guys that we get advice from, but every once in a while, even the pros like to get a little, uh, you know, tips and feedback on a situation. It is a PPR league, Mike. Jerome Simpson, Dustin Keller, or dare I say, Vereen. Is that the only option? That's it, man. Wow. Jerome Simpson, Dustin Kelder, or Vereen. Wow. Uh, Is this PPR? Yeah, PPR. I I think I'd go with Kelder out of those three. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I I would almost go with Dustin Kelder. Yeah, that would be my choice. I look at Jerome Simpson as being a real intriguing play here this week. I mean, Percy Harvin's not there. It's not an automatic lift for Simpson, but you should see a lift in targets uh, than what we've seen in in, in games past. And and so, I, geez, if he's going to win this game, it's at home. It's at Minnesota. He is a playmaker. Ponder's <laughs> Ponder's got to get him involved if they want to win this game. I mean, you're not. I mean, obviously, it's got to be the Adrian Peterson show, and Detroit's going to have to stuff the line to, to stop that. And that's going to free up some coverage there for a, a guy like Jerome Simpson. He just needs to get deep one time. And if and if I'm in a situation like this, who has a better chance at a at the game? I don't have the over-unders in front of me. Mike, you usually head up that department. But who has a better chance of scoring in a game? Well, it's usually not Sanchez to Keller. And then again, Vereen is an interesting prospect, too. I mean, 38 is actually – he's coming off of his best week as far as total – snaps I, I he earned backup duties to Ridley I think last week because Bolden is out and 22 snaps last week that's a season high and they face the Bills they're the worst in the league against the run 14 touchdowns allowed 170 yards per game I think Shane Vereen might be, be a, a viable option it's going to be tough Scott uh, right now the over and under uh, I showed it at 38 and a half and let's face it uh, Seattle has one of the best defenses uh, against the rush and pass, but uh, I still say out of that group that that I have to choose from, uh, Dustin Keller may be the one. I think he's third on my list. Isn't that funny how people can have such varying opinions? I think he's third. I think I put, I think I put Simpson one, Vereen two, and Keller three. But Keller can get five for fifty, and, and if you get if you need ten points, I think you know he's starting. I'd like to. Uh, Chris and Toby, you you guys still there, obviously, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right. Well, I need some help. I need I need some real help. Uh, you know, I'm gonna switch gears for a second. Uh, in the uh, FFBC, we're in the uh, we're in the same division, same league, in the Bay Breeze League. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm sitting uh, right about uh, second at six and three. And you guys are facing uh, the Godfather. 
So uh, I really need some help, and, uh, you know, I need you guys to, to beat this guy. But, uh, but yeah, you're, but you're, we're, we're, we're putting our best foot every week, so we are going to start the best team we think is we think can win. I knew he'd do it. You're, so. you're, in same, you're in the same high stakes league as Chris and Toby, and you're asking them for fantasy advice. Is that what I just heard you ask for? No, I did not ask for advice. I just said beat him. He needs help. <laughs> he needs help because the Godfather. Uh, he needs us him to lose to have to give him a better chance. Yeah, so. I need the, I need the God I need the Godfather to lose, and I need uh, Chris and Toby to uh, knock the Godfather out. So that way, that will put me in uh, basically in the uh, playoffs. I'm not asking for advice there, Scott. I stand so, I stand corrected. Touche. I hope they come through for you. There's nothing worse than a team. You know, we fielded one of these complaints. We we had a guy that was in the last place in his league, and he didn't field the lineup. And, you know, the, you know, you had a guy that needed the, him to put in a competitive lineup, and he would have actually beat the guy this week had he put the lineup in. He would have beat the number one team in the league, and the guy that was sitting back in third would have, you know, popped up there in a, in a closer race, or in second, he would have been he would have been in a close race for the division lead. Now, guys, there's no real easy solution to this, and I think every contest struggles with this. But the the whole issue of quitters in fantasy football, I mean, you know, I don't think any of us will ever quit. No, I mean, you'll always put a lineup in. I don't care if you're one and nine uh, going into week eleven, you're gonna put in a, a fantasy lineup because that's what we're ingrained to do. But you see these guys, they pony up. You know, fifteen, seventeen hundred dollars for a league, and then they just bail on it. And I looked back on this team, and he had he had actually bailed three or four weeks in a row. So it was not collusion by any means. He was kind of worried that the top team, you know, needed a win, but didn't don't submit your lineup. That wasn't the case. But what do you guys think? I mean, are we doing enough? We we put in a uh, Ian and Emil designed a, a a structure here that said if you submit an invalid lineup more than once in the regular season. You are ineligible for any prizes in the consolation or giveaway brackets where you have a much better chance of winning. I mean, you're you're not facing the tough Doug Martin and Julio Jones teams at that point. You're facing the, you know, the teams that have struggled with injuries and, and, and bad, you know, matchups throughout the year. So it gives you a better chance. And if you if you put in an illegal lineup, you have a uh, you're disqualified. If you've done if you've done it more than once, you're disqualified. Do you think that's doing enough, or do we need to do more? Chris, I'll start with you. It's, there's no really easy answer. The only way to do it is provide incentive uh, to, for weekly lineups in and out. Um, I think that's a good way Emil's done it. I also think that um, in the fantasy football world championships where the highest scoring team in the contest, everyone in the league gets $100, I think that's a really good uh, method as well. you got to provide incentive to these people. Um and that will keep people more interested in it if you can win 100 bucks back. Um, the more, the better incentive you can to do something like the highest scoring team in the contest, uh, the better. Maybe it's more than $100 if you really want to eliminate it. But at the end of the day, there's people that their lives get in the way and they just they they can't do it. Whether it be they you know get addicted to meth in the middle of the <laughs> the tournament or you know, their girlfriend leaves them for a Swedish bikini model. You never know. Toby, I will ask you, and I, and they're talking about it in the chat room right now. The World Championship did it. They decided they would submit lineups for any team. Uh, it would auto-put in any any player that uh, that you did have on your bench that was available, and it would just do it based on rank of that position. So it, it wouldn't look at injuries or anything like that, but it would take the highest-ranked player on your bench and put it in. If you had a guy that quit on you, would you do you think that's the right call for these high-stakes contests to make? Yeah, I think you have to you have to do something like that because it, it really is tough when you start the season out two and zero, but you beat two teams that the last couple weeks aren't trying at all. So somebody else gets two buys basically, and that's just not fair. And we, Chris and I. We we have we're not always in the in the the top spot in every league we're in. This in the main event we uh, took uh, Stephen Jackson and MJD in round two and three, and so even though we had Stephen uh, Ridley, we've been struggling at running back in that one. And uh, you know it, it's not not our best performance, but at the same time these seasons are long. People people bail. I mean not you know it's not it's not impossibly long. You have to make your move at some point, but. 
the people who bail out in week four or five, they're, they're not giving themselves any chance because, you know, all of a sudden if you have Doug Martin underperforming and he puts in 55 points, you know, in the total point aspect, you can get back into it. Uh, you know, and then the same week if a couple teams score 90, all of a sudden, you know, you can really make a move. So I believe in karma in the fantasy football world. So I believe you gotta you got to just do your best and – and hope that, that when it's all said and done that the guys in your league, nobody quits. Because, I mean, I want to win every league we're in, but I, I don't want to win a league because the last three teams we played weren't, weren't submitting lineups. So I well, think it's good for the – I mean, it's good for them to, to, to be setting the lineups for them if teams aren't. You know, it's necessary. Right. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, I want to ask uh, uh, all three of you, Scott, Chris, and Toby. Uh, Scott, first off, how many leagues have you been in, uh, say, over the last five years that are mid to high stakes leagues? How many leagues have you been in, and how many teams have quit? Scott. You asked your accountant. This is Chris. Uh, I would say none, none for us. Yeah, we we haven't we haven't had that happen too many times. Okay, Scott. How, how many have quit on you? Scott, he he may have lost connection. Or we, we we lost Scott. Um, I got a question for you, I, Mike. I'm back yeah, now. I'm back now. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, Scott. I'm sorry. I, I want to get you up to speed on the, the question that I asked uh, Chris and Toby uh, over the last five years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, tanking is it's a brutal thing. Nobody wants it. Nobody nobody wants to be a part of it. But the question that I asked was, over the course of the last five years, how many leagues have you been a part of where somebody absolutely tanked? Yeah, you know, it happens. It's a regular occurrence. And like I said, I didn't want to tank, uh, harp on it too much. Uh, I, but I did, I did want to bring up the subject. It's, 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 it's one, one of those, those things, things that, that you're, you're either, either on, on the right, right side, side of the coin and sometimes, sometimes you're not. not. I've got, I've got a bad, bad echo. Hold, Hold on, on two seconds. Kind of break it up there, Scott. Kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah. All right. Second. You hear me? Yeah. Sounds better. All right. Well, we've got some uh, outages here, I guess, in Indianapolis. Uh, Comcast high-speed internet is not uh, doing so well for us. But anyway, like I said, you you end up on the right side of the coin on sometimes, and sometimes you don't. And so it's kind of one of those emotional ebbs and flows that you're you're never happy about it. But as long as you're consistent with the rules. That's all you can really ask for. Let's let's keep this thing fun. Uh, we, we're we're here. We have a few minutes left with uh, Chris Hart and Tobin Bielkini on the uh, Red versus Blue show. Here, they're the number three overall in the Fantasy Football World Championship. That's an exciting thing, man. Two hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to ask you guys the question. The money is big. Uh, it's not not life changing, obviously, when you have to split it up and, and pay Uncle Sam and anything like that, but. What's more important to you as a player, cashing one of those checks or just becoming the world champion? Toby, I'll throw that to you. For me, it's the, I, I want to win the championship. I mean, we've been lucky with our uh, our money uh, that, that we've we've done well enough that that it's paid for it. So, but yeah, it's all about the championship for me. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'd love to be able to point out to my dad that I cashed a hundred thousand dollar check, but <laughs> uh, it's about the winning. Yep, Chris. Yeah, I think it's definitely about one. And we've been in this, we've been doing this for ten years now, and um, we've come close a few times. Uh, the FFPC even changed the rules of their contest based on what happened to us in 2010, and we would have won it that year. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's more about winning a championship. If you're in this to make money, uh, I, I mean, we only enter like seven leagues a year and a lot of other dynasties. We're not doing like the hundred teams thing, but for us, it's more about going out to Vegas, enjoying it and, and trying to win a championship. So definitely trying to win a championship. <laughs> uh, I, I see that chat, but yeah. So I think, you know, you, sometimes I want to be, you know, the best at what I do. So that would, that's what drives me. And for anybody out there listening on the radio who's been thinking about going to Vegas to do this, I highly recommend it. You you end up seeing the same guys every year, and you become friends with them, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. And and for us, 
you know, we've actually found we do best when we're in the, the toughest leagues. So every time we're in the quote-unquote league of death, that's where, for whatever reason, we end up doing our best. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's worth, uh, worth checking out. And you definitely are in a tough league. When you, when you look at some of the names in that chat room, uh, with, with Kimra and, and KJ Duke, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a really tough league. You've got, uh, you've got players all around you that, that you have in that league. And, you know, you guys also took a, a chance on Dez Bryant, and that's a real upside. You talk about upside. I mean, you guys, you guys were drafting upside with your first couple of picks and Julio and then Doug Martin. And now Dez Bryant is healthy. It sounds like he's going to be playing against the Eagles. That's the 425 game uh, this week. You guys obviously are putting him in the lineup, but your your wide receivers are so deep, he may not be in your lineup. What, what are you guys What are you guys going to do this week? And just let everybody know who, who your wide receiver cast is. Uh, Chris, I'll throw it to you. Okay, so we have Julio Jones as uh, our first wide receiver, Victor Cruz, uh, Dez Bryant, Daenerys Moore, um, and then we have the two Green Bay guys, Cobb and James Jones. So for some reason, it seems like it seems like in FFWC, a lot of people kind of since WSFF had gone away, they forgot how important wide receivers are. Um, you have to start three. The flex can be one. It's not one point five for reception for tight end. The wide receivers should have gone earlier than they were. Every time it came back to us, we took wide receiver just because it, it came back. And I think uh, we've been having a real tough time with Des this year. He's had some big games for us, but he's put up some duds as well. So he's on our bench a decent amount this year, especially with the emergence of the Green Bay guys. But I think this week it's between Dwayne Vaux and Des Bryant, and that's a real tough one for us. Right now it looks like we're going to go with Des Bryant. Um, I'm just letting you know that, Toby, right now. But uh, uh, yeah, it's been tough. You know, we've have we have a lot of uh, tough wide receiver decisions, and um, but that's a good thing, right? So uh, Des Bryant has been an enigma so far this year, but the upside is there, and we want to win the championship, so we're probably going to roll with Des this week. Yeah, we actually benched Dwayne Bow last week, uh, going into it, knowing that. He was probably going to have a good game but because we wanted to start both Cobb and James Jones. So it gets tough. That's one bad thing when you get so much depth at a position. I don't think we've started Demarius Moore all year. Yeah. Yeah, and you had to be a little bit mildly disappointed there with the Vic Ballard performance being a Thursday night game. Do you guys get together for the games? Give us a little – are you guys live in the same area? How's that work? Uh, we're across the country. I live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming now. And Chris lives out in San Francisco, so gotcha. we talk every every. We make sure that we talk before every kickoff, but uh, well, the morning kickoff, but uh, and then one of us is on one of us is on kind of call to make sure that the lineup's correct for the afternoon game and the evening game and such, you know, that nobody gets replaced. But uh, yeah, other than the one game that I go out to San Fran to to watch uh, a Giants or the Niners game, um, other than that, we don't we don't get to watch a whole lot of fantasy. You know, you guys are pros, and, and a lot of people ask me when you're playing this many leagues, so I'll ask you for the listeners at home. Look, this week you're playing Kimra in the uh, FFWC, and that's, I mean, she's one of the best in the world. She's a Toyota Hall of Famer along with John Rozek. If you go to their website, they're always getting her opinions and advice on that website. And you're playing her this week, and, and a lot of people ask me, well, how, when you play that many leagues, you know, how do you know, how do you, you know, know who to root for things? Chris, how do you do that when you're when you're looking? Do you look at your opponent? When do you look at your opponent? How does that work for you? I, I usually don't look at the opponent. I've gotten because you're in so many leagues, it's to the point where um, you just look at their performances and then you evaluate them. And then I usually don't even look at scores until Sunday night after all the games are over. Uh, it, it, it's it's nice to get a W at the end of the week, and I track my teams, but I, I'm not there watching live scoring anymore. It, with too many teams and too many, you have your one league guy helps you, and another one he hurts you. So I'm pretty much I'm kind of become null to that kind of feeling. Now, if it gets to a championship game or something like that, I'll be I'll be closely monitoring. Well, that should be a fantastically. Uh, it should be a very exciting game to watch. I'll be watching. I'll have the scoreboard up here. She's got a very tough team, but you guys do as well. 
A lot of fun having you guys on here. Uh, it was good to see you guys in Vegas. And uh, $200,000, I would like nothing more than to be part of the team that comes out to see you guys and uh, and uh, be awarding that check. That would be a lot of fun for me. And uh, I, I, I just car. can't wait for that to happen. Don't forget about the car. We're, we're playing for the car, too. I'm driving that bad boy to Vegas if we win it. <laughs> we need to talk about yeah, we need to talk about the car because the total points leader at the end of week 13, which you're very close to now, uh, gets the Fiat 500. And, and uh, I don't know who uh, – yeah, who's going to take the car? Uh, the, I registered this this one in my name, so it only makes logical sense. Uh, Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. <laughs> I think there's going to be a very, uh, a very viewed and watched game of three out of five. Rock scissors, rock scissors, paper going on for that puppy. <laughs> ah, we'll put it on YouTube. Yeah, rock, there you paper, go. rock paper scissors on YouTube for the Fiat 500. You heard it here uh, on Red versus Blue. All right, guys, thank you so much. Good luck to you guys, and uh, we will luck, uh, we will talk to you soon. Always welcome on Red versus Blue. Hey, thank right, you, thanks, guys. God. Thanks, Mike. Christopher right, Hart and Tobin, Biokini, Mike, uh, they just uh, rocked the Red versus Blue Hour. And uh, you got to like those guys. I, like I said, it was the first experience for me in high-stakes fantasy football. Sat right beside them uh, and drafted against them. Got my tail handed to me. And since then, we've been battling uh, year after year in these high-stakes leagues against each other. And uh, or actually with each other. You know, we're all together in this thing. We always root for anybody. And, I mean, unless it's Unless it's me versus you at the end, you know, we're always rooting for each other. So it's it's always nice to see one of the guys that we know be up near the top. Absolutely, Scott. And, you know, I kind of learned from you uh, a lot of stuff. And it's just the way it is. I mean, you, you want to be the best, but you want to beat the best. Uh, you know, and it's just uh, – and the best is whoever it may be from week to week to week and from year to year to year. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Mike Trent uh, on Red versus Blue. You've got a big week in Kentucky. You've got your FFPC team going. Uh, what's your record there? You said you're you're uh, you're you're we're trying to make the playoffs at six and three. Yeah, uh, in uh, in Kentucky we're we're in pretty good shape uh, right now. We're uh, we're in the playoffs, so we're just trying to uh, trying to maintain. And in uh, Vegas, uh, like I said earlier, we need uh, we need uh, Chris and Toby to uh, to pull off a big win. I mean, if they can uh, if they can beat the team that's in front of us, because we're not going to make it in on points. But if they can beat the team in front of us, then uh, we'll make it in on uh, winning. Right. Well, I totally get it, man. And good luck to you this week. We didn't get to a lot of the games. We still have. I mean, there's so much here, Mike. Uh, we didn't even get to the wide receiver starts. I said Antonio Brown looks like he's out. This is a big game opportunity for this third-year wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. He should see a nice increase in targets. So I think, uh, you know, he hasn't top 56 yards receiving in any game. But, again, it's the Chiefs. I can't stress how bad they are. Tied for second for most passing TDs allowed today. There's a good chance Sanders gets a score on Monday night. I also like Danny Amendola back from injury in the PPR leagues. And watch the Vikings game. Harbin is out. It means so much to the team. I like Rudolph and Simpson to both be startable. Finally, we've been waiting on Rudolph. I can't believe the zeros we've been seeing. And then the bench, Mike, real quick, I'd go to Seattle. It's the Jets game. They need a win coming off a bye. I'm not predicting a win for the Jets, but if I were a Sidney Rice owner, I think I would sit him this week. I don't see any reason why Russell Wilson will target Antonio Cromartie this week. Pete Carroll's game plan should be very simple, right? It should be Lynch, Lynch, and more. I agree. I agree. I totally so, agree with that, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, Rice has looked good recently. Three TDs in the last four weeks. You can't discount that. But only four targets in two of those three games. I would bench Rice until after the bye next week. And, Mike, I know you hate to do it. We're going to finish off with a defense. I'm glad. I hope you listened to me on the Chargers last week. You know, they are who we thought they were. Pittsburgh is the easy play this week. I told you a week in advance to pick up Pittsburgh. I hope you did. But if you didn't, I think I would look at the Bengals' defense, hang on to them for next week when they also face the Chiefs. You know, you got to look whoever's playing the Chiefs. you got to pick them up. It's the Bengals next week. Yes. So, this week, yes, I, take, this week. I take a long yes, shot on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are at home against the Titans. It's just a great matchup. 
uh, in an important home game for the Dolphins, look for their defense to post some good numbers, Mike. So, guess who I had on defense this week? Who's that? The Colts. The Colts. <laughs> Way to go, man! Hey, you got to do a pick six. How about that? That works out sometimes, man. All right. Well, everybody in the chat room, thank you for being part of Red vs. Blue. As always, it's a blast here every Friday night. Thank you, uh, Definitely check out the forums over at the uh, the full-time fantasy uh, forums. You can check those out. We're getting those popping off again. Uh, it'll take some work, but uh, we are having some fun with that. And uh, then we've got uh, all the uh, off-season. Good luck in all your leagues, and we will see you next Friday night on Red vs. Blue. See you, Mikey. Take care, <laughs>